Today, we have an incredible training from Natalie Gingrich of NatalieGingrich.com. Natalie is your chief of staff, and she helps people and companies with business planning, project management, and business management. So we wanted to sort of just touch on what the training will be today, and we are so excited for you to learn and to get the freebie that Natalie is offering our listeners. So what Natalie is going to talk about are your mission, your vision, and your values. Your mission, your declaration of purpose for your business, your vision, the future, where you see yourself and your business going in five to 10 years, and your values. Those are the core values or the principles that are very important to you and your business. So thank you for joining us again. And if you're ready to dig in and learn, we are so excited for you and to share this episode with you. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlositev, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, and joining me is my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlositeb. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. Today, we are so excited to have a very special guest and a really good friend, Natalie Gingrich, joining us. Hey, Natalie. Hello, hello. Hey, Natalie. Uh So welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. We're so excited to have you here because, you know, we actually have been working with Natalie for a long time in terms of just, actually, Natalie and I were in a mastermind together and we are just, we're friends and we all, we've been at many events together and we just, we follow her and we follow all of her growth that's happening on nataliegingrich.com and how she helps people grow their business, scale their business and helps with project management. You got that right, Jacqueline. (laughs) So Natalie, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to be here and she's absolutely right. We are all great friends and I love that in this space, we can actually develop real friendships by doing business alongside each other. So um, love that. But as far as myself, I have a background in project management in a Fortune 150 company. I left corporate America, started my own business. And as time would tell, I started a second business because that's what you do when you love business, right? And you have some offerings that you can help serve people. So I now own two different businesses. One takes the majority of my time. And in that business, which is nataliegingrich.com, I am a project manager and a business strategist helping people to build businesses, scale their teams, and get more work done, make more money. That's, that's what we're all here for. So I'm super excited to be here and share some good stuff with your audience today. Thank you so much. So we wanted to have you on today to actually teach our audience something. We've had interviews. We all know that we're new to this uh, podcasting world. So we've interviewed some really great businesses and we've done our own trainings, but I have found such value in the trainings that you have provided. So I'd love for you to introduce what we are going to talk about today with our listeners. 
Awesome. So as I just said, we I have worked a lot with people doing project management. So sometimes project management, the formal word for project or the formal definition for project management is really looking at a project from start to finish. As I started working with people in launches or writing books or creating a new business or launching a product, we have found out that people wanted me to stay on a little bit longer. And in reality, in this entrepreneurial and product-based space, nothing ever ends, right? You may have a launch, but there's still the rest of your business that you're still trying to move forward. And so I ended up looking and changing my model specifically out of a one and done project into more of an ongoing relationship and helping people to move forward in all the things that need to get done. So I love doing that. And I was finding out that when I was working with a business owner, we would run up against a little bit of a block. And that block was, what do I do next? I've got all these amazing ideas and what comes next? Well, I had to go back to like the basis of project management. And I have put this together for you guys today. So you can find this, some supplemental materials for this training at nataliegingrich.com slash mission. And the reality is we have amazing ideas and we're not short of them. And in today's day and age, we can actually implement so many different things that you become like your mind becomes a cluster. You don't know exactly what to do next. So the framework of knowing what your mission, what your vision and what your values are can really help streamline and help you to make that decision on what to move forward first. And so that's the reason for the mission, vision, and values training. And all right, so I'm super excited to go deep into understanding how to write your mission, vision, and values. It's one of those things that just eludes us. We get excited, we start business, and we never really do the foundation, the foundational work, which is in discovering what your mission and documenting what your mission, vision, and values is. And I love that because you get so far away sometimes from that, right? So we come up with a great idea, a great product, and then and there's something, there's usually a need in the market as to why somebody does come up with it. But as you start to develop and come up with other creative ideas, you do want to check back in and make sure that it aligns with your mission, your vision, and your values. And that's something important also just as you start to scale your business, right? That you have this all sort of figured out so that when you hire someone on, it's very clear to them what the mission is of the company, the vision is, and then the values. So I remember I had interviewed at BB, the clothing company, and they had this gigantic wall of 10 points of all the things that the company was about. So everything you did was in service of their values and their vision and their mission. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that once you know your mission value and all of that, it makes every single decision that you make so much easier. And I think that's what people sometimes are missing in their businesses. Yeah, I'm going to start by telling you guys a story. I had exited corporate America and I was super fired up. I was your typical high achieving corporate executive with lots of project management experience. And I was looking for a change and the opportunity had come for me to do something on my own, which I was pretty fired up about. I was raised by an entrepreneurial mother. And so it has been deep in my genes for a long time. So I exit corporate America, and the first thing I want to do is help save all the other corporate working moms. <laughs> so I, in my true fashion, went and got a life, 
a life coaching certification so that I could get out there and really help these moms. That's all I could see. Like I had blinders on. It was a very emotional decision. It was a very emotional time in our lives. And the only thing I could see is how am I going to get out there? Like I was finding the solution before I really even took time to look at the problem or how I was specifically going to solve it. So I came up with the with the product before I ever really knew what my mission, who I really wanted to talk to. I mean, corporate working mom is a really, really big, wide open space. And so for me to be most effective, I needed to niche that down. Okay. Did I want working moms in general? Did I want corporate? What kind of corporate was I looking? So all of those questions, and, and we've all gone through the trainings of what's your avatar going to be and all of that. I still feel like people gloss over a lot of that. So I got that business going. I grew a, a reasonable size base for communicating with those people, but I felt like the me- like the message that I was sending out was all over the place because I never really ever got back to what is what where do I see this in 5 years from now? Cuz that's going to help me with how I want to serve now, which is which would be your mission. So in that time, I started getting really familiar with the online business space. And of course, Facebook groups were a really big part of me connecting with other people who were just like me. At this point, I was no longer really surrounding myself with corporate working mothers, but working women and working mothers. So I was seeing them give up on their businesses and all of that. So now kick in my natural skill set, which is not life coaching, by the way. But I was now really leveraging the skills that I had developed in some of them just natural God-given gifts and others I had developed and refined in those 15 years of corporate experience. So I was, I ended up leveraging and to even still today, I am focusing on the skills that come really natural to me, which are in the, in the realm of project management, holding space for people and a lot of accountability. So When I set up the second business, I was like, I'm going to do this with a lot of focus and a lot of intentionality because I need to scale this now from a, from just being able to produce and and bring back some dollars into my family, which is why I'm doing this. I had to be, I knew I had to be, I knew I wanted to be a lot more strategic. So in doing that, I was like, okay, I'm going to pretend like this is a grown up, a big business. What would I do? I would go to a bank, ask for funding. And I, what would they need? They're going to need a business plan. This is when the light bulb went off. Oh, I never did this for my first business. Maybe I was kind of all over the place and not making a real profound difference because I was never super, super hyper-focused in what that message was going to be and how I was going to execute it. So I, this was not all that intentional at this time. But I really started this business with the having the legs to be able to scale it really quickly. I knew I was going to be a solopreneur for a while just from a funds perspective. And I started with the mission, vision, and values. I really went back to like business 101 and looked at what I would, what I would send to my father-in-law if I wanted him to give me some money, right? To help start this. I didn't go down that route. I didn't need this because I'm a service-based provider. And one of the beauties of that is I don't need, I didn't need a lot of capital to get going, but I wanted this to be legit. So now enter, I am now taking on one-to-one clients. I'm working, getting very deep in people's businesses. They're coming to me 
pretty much everyone who comes to me comes in a state of overwhelm and kind of a lack of fire. The fire that I felt at the beginning of starting that uh, business for the corporate working moms had now dissipated from myself and from other people that I was supporting. And to get them back on track, I just started doing this exercise, which I share with you, um, on mission, vision, and values. It helps them to be more certain about what they're doing. It helps them to understand what to do next, where to go next. And another tip I would love to share is once you complete that exercise, and the exercise doesn't have to be done in solitude, incorporate people who are in your in your camp. So that may be people who work for you, even if you don't have full-time, if you have 1099 folks who work for you, include them. Let them know they own a little bit of your head right now. So they're going to be able to help you articulate some things that maybe you would miss or forget when you're doing this. Your spouse, people who you love, who support you, I would run this past all of those people. Sometimes I call those people my friend tours or my board of directors (laughs) and have them understand what it is that you do. Have them be that first sounding board so that you can move forward. Then once you have it done, it is when I bring anybody onto my team, I always share mission, my mission, vision, and values. I will know when I'm interviewing, I'm interviewing for values. The internet is a really big space and there's a whole lot of people out there, but values guide all of my hiring decisions. And so it, I mean, this is really the foundation. This is, this is why the banks ask for a business plan. And these three pieces are small. I mean, of course, there's financials and marketing plans, et cetera, that would go into a formal business plan. But start here. I was just looking around and seeing that so many people, actually 100% of the people that I have worked with, which is over 200, have no mission, vision, and values documented. Everyone tells me, I have it in my head. I can do this really quickly. And then we start walking through it. And it's a lot more challenging. It's not a five-minute exercise. So that's a little bit of a spiel of how I got to developing this and why I know it is absolutely essential to stop what you're doing right now, get this done so that you are more clear with moving forward. And full disclosure, I worked with Natalie last year and she had me do my mission, vision, and values for Designer Consulting Co-op. And they exist on my desk in front of me because whenever I'm making big decisions, I need to make sure that they align with my mission, my vision, and my values. And it really helped me clear it up and really understand, you know, why am I doing this? And they can change too, right? Over time, as you adjust your business, you add products, whatever it is, they can change. So let's dig into the training. Awesome. So I will tell you that from a from a changing perspective, <laughs> these things definitely change. And I I always use New Year's as a time to go back in and just make sure your values typically don't change very often. Um, your mission probably changes every two years, and your vision changes about every three to five years. So that's kind of um, a general rule. Alrighty. So. If, you ha- if you're one of those people that have an idea of, or you have it in your head, or maybe you have sketched out your mission, your vision, or your values, just like I stated, I think it's always time, never is it a bad time to go back and define or redefine what your mission and values are going to be. Okay. I know as my product offering has changed over time, my avatar has changed things just naturally progress. Your products are going to change. They're going to evolve. Very rarely do are we a one product person. You may be a one product person right now, but I bet you have the, the desire 
to diversify what you have going forward. So um, redefining your your mission, vision, values is absolutely critical. So before we get going, I just want to make sure that you know that you don't have to be super attached to what you're writing down. This is an exercise that you don't have to do in one setting. It's oftentimes super fine to make sure that you sit down at different times. And when I personally do this, I break this into three different days. It's about two hours. So yes, I'm asking for about five to six hours of you to sit down and do this. But if you remember back to a few seconds ago, this is the foundation of your business. If you don't do the foundations, it's going to create overwhelm and clutter later on. So it is worth the five hours. Maybe this is over the weekend so you don't dip into family time or into your own, your, your current working time, but it's super important. So just know your business is going to change often. So you're going to want to review this pretty, you know, at least annually doesn't have to be a big exercise. Once you put in the bulk of the work first, you're not going to spend another five hours every single year, okay? Do it once. You're going to feel so solid once you do that. Make sure you involve your team or any stakeholders. And we talked about that a second ago. And we're not looking for, this is for you. This doesn't have to be a super perfect, grammarly doesn't need to even look at this. This doesn't have to be complete sentences. These are really things that come very natural to you. And no one, Really, you're not sharing this with anyone unless you choose to. Uh, And by doing this, you are really going to help yourself to be able to articulate what you want. You're going to see things for what they could be in the future. And it allows you to go from that 30,000 foot view down to a 5,000 foot view. So as a leader of your business, you probably have quite a few visions of what your business can be one day. But in reality, we have to take that vision to an operational plan, and this mission, vision, and values framework will help you to do that. Alrighty, let's get started with your mission. So when we're writing a mission statement, it is really a declaration of purpose. It's why you are in business. It will reflect your priorities. It can reflect the method in which you are working in. Okay, so as an entrepreneur, your mission can be concise. It doesn't have to be really, really long. So I want to take that burden off of you. When I do this, I typically mind map and ask myself a whole bunch of questions, which I will share with you in a second. But I start with a bunch of ideas. And then I really ask myself, is this one statement enough to summarize everything that I do? For me, in my business, it's maybe different for you. And that's perfectly fine. All of us have different businesses and all the models work. There is not one cookie cutter model out there. Otherwise, we'd all be bajillionaires. So when I'm doing this, I my mission is very heart focused because I'm a one-to-one service provider. I can imagine in a product-based business, depending on what you are providing, it may not have to be really heart-centered, right? You may be providing a solution for somebody that comes in, the, in a physical, I mean, maybe I'm looking at this microphone right now. I don't know if this would be a heart-focused mission statement. However, if you were providing something that could be a little bit more emotional to somebody in the form of a product, it could be emotional. So at the end of this statement, you're really looking at what is the purpose? Why am I in business? And what? how do I serve? Okay. So some common questions that you would ask is what do we do? How do we do it? Who do we do it for? And what value are we bringing? 
all of this is going to be located in that document at natalieginrich.com slash mission. So I want you to hop over there and get that and walk through this. But these questions, there's actually about 10 questions that will help spur your mind into really getting a pen on paper and talking about at least beginning the, the exercise of what your mission is going to be. Once you get it done, here's a test. Ask yourself if your competitors could use the exact same statement. You don't want that. Okay, you want something that is so unique to you, your thought process, your process delivery, that someone on the street could look at this and say, oh, yes, that's little labels. Because there are other label companies out there, right? There are other fashion designers out there. There are other fashion consultants out there. But I want someone to be able to know, to look at this mission and to know exactly, yep, that's Natalie. So just to go over, just to kind of give you an example of what my mission statement is, and I just looked at this in this January, so a few months ago at the time of recording. So my mission is at Natalie, and this is a little bit longer, but again, there's no rules here, okay? At natalieginrich.com, we partner with small business CEOs of various industries and business types to provide high-level strategy, business planning team leadership, and operational excellence so that we can assist the company in moving their business forward with greater ease. Okay. So that, that is the biggest, that is what I do. That's the, that's the bulk. When people, when you go to my website, you should be able to take out that from my website. I will say that once you get your mission documented, have somebody, the litmus test is going to your website is that the same terminology that you, use on, that you use on your website? That's the core of you. You want your consumer making sure that they see that somewhere. It doesn't have to say, this is my mission. And it ha- doesn't have to be all formal. But you want those words. I mean, I use words like operational excellence. That's super important to me. And if, that, if I haven't communicated that on my website, then I'm, the people who come to me, I could be frustrated because they may not understand that I want this to reflect that I am a super detailed person, right? But I didn't say the word detailed in my mission. So I want to make sure that the the keywords for me, operational excellence, business strategy, team leadership, those are focuses that should be present on my on my website. Also very important when I'm screening people to work for me or if I'm going to be working with a client that they understand this from the very get-go. It will remove any of those barriers of, well, I thought you did this. Or, you know, people may come to me and say, hey, can you run my, can you run my launch campaign? Can I? Absolutely. Is it fundamental to how I want to practice in my business? Mm, not today. So I think it can really help you to be clear. I know when we're first starting businesses, we tend to over-promise because we need to make dollars, right? That's that's super common in what we do and it's human nature. But by giving yourself this boundary, you really are telling the world, this is what I do, this is what I'm good at, and this is what who I serve. So if you don't fall in that category, maybe I'm not your person, okay? So, oh, other things. Some mission, Apple's mission statement. I'm just going to share this with you because this is a company you'll know a lot better than mine. But Apple's 2017 mission statement. Now, I've done some research on Apple and they do come back and do a new mission statement every single year. It doesn't change much, but they're a technology-based company. Technology is always changing, right? And they're doing a little bit of the driving behind that. So they redo theirs every single year. So in 2017, this is their mission statement. Apple designs Macs 
the best personal computers in the world, along with OS X and iLife, iWork. They list some, some of their software out. Apple leads the digital music revolution with iPods and iTunes online store. Apple has reinvented the mobile phone with its revolutionary iPhone and App Store and is defining the future of mobile media with computing devices with iPad. So you can imagine a lot of this stuff did not exist a while back, but they're telling you specifically what they're good at, the devices, their solution to the digital problem, which are these different devices. And that's the area that they're going to be focusing on. I can assure you that when they go into product development mode, they come back to that and they say, okay, if we're not focusing on iWork or iPods, or I wonder how much longer iPods are going to be in this, by the way. <laughs> but um, if our work does not come back to these products, we probably don't need to do it. So that is just an, I'd love to look at other people's and you can actually go and search on the Google machine for all the different big companies, mission statements out there. There's some great collabs that have, have pulled everything together. It's really neat. Have you guys ever completed? I know you have Jacqueline, but Mina, do you have a mission statement? I have a very loose one. I need to go back and hit it. And we haven't done this for the product boss together either. So we definitely need to do that. I mean, basically every single business we have, we need to do it for (laughs) so many businesses. And you know, sometimes it's even per product, right? Like if your product is really, if each product hits a different avatar, you probably need to create a mission statement for it. I don't want to go super deep into that because at this point, I just want you to take action in your overarching foundation for your business. But just know that you can create a different mission statement for each of these. Yeah. And I think it will change immensely as you go from startup to growth stage, because that's when you're adding on more product and shifting your business so immensely is in that growth stage, growth to scale. So um, yeah, I love all of this. I think it's so great. I think Entrepreneur Magazine also had like a list of of different uh, mission statements from companies. I'll share mine with Designer Consulting Co-op. It's our mission is to provide a compassionate and exceptional service that helps entrepreneurs get started and grow in the fashion industry. We fully support and believe in U.S. manufacturing and strive to keep production local, making exceptional garments in Los Angeles. So let me tell you though, that was last year and things are changing now in my business too. And my clients are growing. So it's actually going into international manufacturing. So I actually probably have to update my mission statement. Yep. It's a perfect time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready to dig into vision? Vision. Yes. So this is a statement. People come to me all the time and they're like, Hey, and, and even me, myself, sometimes get confused between what's a mission, what's the difference between a mission and a vision statement. This is one of those things that I found on the wonderful interwebs that really helped me. The, when you are thinking about a mission statement, a mission is actionable. A vision is aspirational. Okay. So a mission is how you're going to accomplish something. A vision is how you would like it to play out. Okay. So think futuristic for vision and think more present state for your vision, excuse me, for your mission. Okay, getting back to the vision. This is typically where people come back and they're like, ah, I'm kind of confused between mission and vision. So I wanted to put that out there. Just to recap that, your mission is actionable. It's what you're doing today. Your vision is, the fu- is futuristic. It's aspirational. It's if everything went right, how would this look? So this is all future state. It has, it does not, this is something that we have a hard time. Some people have a hard time wrapping their heads around. Other people who are more 
visionaries. You've heard that term visionaries before. This is exactly where this comes from. They have the ability to see the future. They don't, they're not operational like me. I'm one of those people who, and and the majority of the world, they say 87% of people are actually operational. They're task people. They are in the present. And there's a few, seven to 8%, who are actually more future, excuse me, more futuristic and visionary, right? So they can see where they want their business to go. They can see where their life will be in five to 10 years. I don't know how many times I've been in interviews and in interview situations where people have asked me, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? <laughs> it's very difficult for me to do. Very difficult. But there are people out there that can easily see that for themselves. So that's exactly what a vision statement is. It's all about how this is going, how your business is going to look and the impact that you're going to leave on your customers and the community in X amount of years from now. When I talk about a vision statement, I am talking about five to 10 years, okay? I think a mission statement can have a shelf life for up to three to five years, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that I don't want you to go back and refine it every single year, but even if you take the example of Apple's, it's probably not going to change all that drastically in three to five years. But a vision statement is not something that needs to be tweaked often, okay? Because you're already, when you start it, you're already looking out five to 10 years. It's very hard for Natalie, for myself, to be able to see where my business will be in five to 10 years. Part of that is because I'm really new, okay? I'm new to this particular business. So I am a little bit more cautious, but I have to, for me, if you're like me and you're someone who's just a great go-getter, get it done now kind of person, this is going to be a really challenging exercise. Really requires you to kind of sit down and dream. Really allow yourself to go, how big can I make this? If that's what you want to do, okay? But all of us want it to be bigger than the day that we started, right? Because bigger businesses typically mean more revenue and hopefully that means that your profit is and your take home is also bigger. So I have to really coach myself and I'm really kind of, this is almost therapy for me because when I sit down to do this, I can almost feel the emotions and just talking about this. I'm resistant to it. Okay. I'm a very goal-driven person. And so I'm like, oh, I can't put, I, I can't actually operationalize this vision at this very exact moment. So it makes me want to just not do it. Okay. So if you're, if you find yourself like that, give yourself some space, this will likely take you longer than the mission piece of this, okay? But what you want to ask yourself is if you were to meet all of the goals that you could see, that you can currently see in your business, what would your business look like in five to 10 years? So if I can serve all the people, helping them with business strategy, how would my business look? Well, people are going to leverage me, right? They're, they're going to tell their friends about me. They're going to inherently grow my business to a place, maybe it's an agency, Okay, but that's what would happen if all of those goals were currently met. Another question, what would your business have accomplished in the next decade? So if I'm thinking really big and I'm thinking, man, 10 years from now, in 10 years, I'm going to be 51 years old, which makes me kind of sad. But in 10 years, like, what do I want to do in the next 10 years in this business? Make a big impact in small businesses. I want to make a huge impact. Well, how am I going to do that? Okay. And then where do you want your company to be in the future? Do I want to be, I'm just going to throw some names out there. Do I want to be really exclusive in the online business space? Do I want to have a brand that is as recognizable as Amy Porterfield 
Or do I, you know, what does that look like for me? Can I, can I really put my hands around that? And, and by using other examples in your industry or even in competitors or in your current industry, very, can absolutely help you to see this. I know that when I see Amy Porterfield, and I'm just going to pick on her because I think she's a boss, but when I look at her business, I, and I have something to compare that vision to, it really helps me feel more comfortable. You know what? If she built this, I can build this. It puts it a little bit more tangible for someone who is not a real visionary, who doesn't have those tendencies. I love that. I mean, I think also being a product-based business, looking at companies that are smaller. So a lot of product-based companies want to sell off their product. You know, like I always mentioned Juicy Couture from years ago, where there are two women, they grew it. They could only grow it so much. They sold the company and then they stayed on for a couple of years as, um, you know, as consultants. Yep. So they still had a job. They still managed, but the company grew, which is why then you saw it on the floors of department stores, why they had a store on Fifth Avenue. It expanded into so many different types of products. So they had it in apparel and it went to sunglasses and kids clothes and handbags. And so, <laughs> yeah. So I think as a product company, thinking about how you want to expand it and then your involvement, because sometimes I don't think that people should plan on selling it off, but I think sometimes if you grow it enough, you get to actually take a step back and reap the benefits of what you've created, but then you now have a team or perhaps you've sold the concept or the product to a bigger company. Yeah. I like to think of it as reframing in what is your idea of success? You know, so for me, for instance, it's making, let's say multiple seven figures, but never managing a team. Like that's just not in what I want to do, my idea of success, my vision for myself. So, but that's not to say that's not for somebody else. They probably do want like a big agency where they manage people. So it's just really, you know, your own idea of success would be a great question to ask yourself. Yes. I I love both of those statements. From just to kind of wrap up on the vision piece, the vision statements are for you. They're not on your website. They don't have to be shared with a soul. Okay. This is really for you. And it helps me to remind myself that no one has to see how crazy audaciously big my goal is. Right. It doesn't, if I want, I mean, this is not my goal, but, and I I just got chills thinking about it. But if I had an agency of a hundred people, that's a huge vision for me because right now I have one. Okay. So that's a really big vision and it's not one that I want, but if it was, I wouldn't have to tell anybody that because right now I'm sitting at one and I may in my human skin feel really kind of embarrassed that I have a goal of a hundred of, of having a hundred people work with me. So just know that these are really for you. It's an internal process that only you're going to have to look at. So not process. It's an internal statement that only you have. Okay. I do encourage you. So you've heard about vision boards, right? Where you can go and clip out, at least back in the day, you could clip out different things from magazines when we still got print magazines all the time, but you could cut those out and you would make them, put them on a poster board and put it in your office or your, your bedroom or wherever it is. I know back in the day, like I'm thinking like middle school, I used to like cut out all the cute boys and big money and big bags and big, all this stuff. Yeah. That was my, that was my vision board at the time, but it was in my bedroom girls. (laughs) So from a business perspective, it may not be in my bedroom anymore. And it's probably not going to have cute boys because I already have one, but 
it would definitely be different, but that's where this comes from. That's that exercise. Like I was dreaming that I was, you know, going to have a nice house and a nice car and a nice whatever back in the day. So now we just shift that, professionalize it a little bit and come into the business space. But that's essentially the same thing that you're doing. So my vision statement is to certify and develop COOs, so chief operating officers, to support CEOs so they can bring more profit and purpose into the world. We're cultivating a new profession and providing structure to businesses all over the world. Okay, so I've now moved out of the U.S. I'm serving globally today, and I'm training other people to do what I do. That's where I see myself in five to 10 years. And I'm going to be honest, that was like a five-year plan. I I still have a really hard time getting to 10. So I'm going to be fully transparent there. Okay. And Disney, just to share a few examples, Disney, theirs is very short because they're a lot better than me at this, but to make people happy, that's their vision. That's what they want to be known for. That's what they want their 10-year vision to be. And Apple is to produce, y'all may snicker at this, but Apple's is to produce high-quality, low-cost, easy-to-use products that incorporate high technology for the individual. The low-cost piece may have had you chuckle a little bit. I don't know the last time you bought an iMac, but it wasn't all that low cost. (laughs) It's like saving for a car. No joke, man. (laughs) But I've had every single one. So I've probably had five Macs in my lifetime because I've used them since high school and I've owned them an average of seven years. So it is low cost per year when you think about it. Mm, $100 a year or (laughs) a thousand dollars a year. I don't know. (laughs) No math. No math. No math. No. Fail. But you're right, Mina. They do last forever. They're workhorses. I just, my desktop, not to take this to a Mac commercial, but my desktop is as old as my daughter and (laughs) turning 10 in September. So that puppy has put in some work. It is quite slow today, but it does. I mean, it's better than a dial up modem, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to values. You got it. So values, I'm going to summarize this. It is my hot spot. It is the part of me that fires me up the very most in working with small businesses because like I mentioned earlier, core values allow you to develop products with more integrity, but they also, this is the piece that's just so important. They also allow you to hire people to work with you who are most aligned to you. When you hire people, who have similar values to you, it's an easier working relationship. So that's a big, that's a big piece of what I do and how I help people. So the values piece, I tend to go the deepest on. But when you are writing out your values, these are very personal. So I worked at a Fortune 150 company and there were values posted all over the wall, just like Jacqueline mentioned earlier. So values were everywhere. And they weren't all that tangible because I was looking at a large company, right? So they were looking at 30,000 employees and what the values of the company were. Now that I am a small business owner, these are much more personal. Actually, for me, 100% personal. Remember, I've got a team of four people, all contractors. And so it's a pretty, obviously it's a lot smaller than 30,000 people, but these core values, this is my business. I'm doing it on my terms. I'm doing it my way. So these values better represent me. Okay. Um, When you sit down to do, to write your core values, what are your guiding principles? What are your core beliefs? What do you stand for? 
And what do you not stand for? Okay, what are you opposed to? What fires you up and turns you off? I want you to document everything that you love and even those things that really just don't sit with you. I'm going to give you an example of if one of your core values, this again is an example, it's not necessarily mine, but I have worked with some people from a from a pastoral perspective, right? So they have been in ministry. They were Christians and that was a huge value to them, right? It is very close to them. It's undebatable. And so that's their value. Now to hire somebody who had the opposite of that would not feel good for them. Okay. But how do you get there? Okay. How, how do you sit down to understand what my values are? I start with my family, right? I know that the people in my house understand my values more than anyone on the street, more than anyone on the internet, right? So it's hard to say this is what I stand for because I'll come up with a ton of adjectives. And values, by the way, are a lot of adjectives. But I think we tend to give ourselves more than we embellish them a little bit. So I make a really long list of the things that I'm very passionate about. And then I go back to my husband and I say, okay, so like, like rank these because I can't have 5 million, okay? Because I may think I'm really, you know, I want to be with heart-centered people. Well, what in the world? My husband would tell me, what is a heart-centered person, right? So what the, like he will help me. Somebody else will help you to get really much more granular and allow you to articulate this the best. But the biggest tip I have is what do you stand for and what don't you stand for? What fires, what gives you, like when you see it on Facebook, you can hardly hold yourself back from posting about. I would know that, right? Because if you're, if your political party, which is like something that's massively important to you, probably don't want to hire somebody that is really opposite, if that's going to be a part of your values, right? If this is something that comes up for you. Again, for me, I don't really care political party, but if there are people that I have worked with that are like, you know what, I am so red or blue that somebody else that has an opposite viewpoint would make it really hard to, to like, right? And now I'm working with this person on a consistent basis and it doesn't feel good, right? Or there's already judgment there. I don't want you to be in those situations. Um, but core values and your beliefs are really, really up to you. In a small business situation, they are up to you. Now they can, if your business grows, you can adapt those to be a little bit less tangible and less focused on you as you grow. My core values, which are important to me personally, but also professionally, I've listed them out in the document, but candor, I will only work with people. I only want people on my team and I only want clients that can appreciate my candor. So I have a gift of being able to communicate in a variety of different ways, but I am honest and it may hurt, but I also don't feel good if I am holding something back. And so candor is one of my biggest one of my biggest values, and my husband would tell you it's probably number one, um, a caring disposition. I owe that to you, and you owe that to me to be caring with one another. I'm in my business is around supporting other people's businesses, which is very personal, especially in the small business world. And so a caring disposition is really important. This is someone's livelihood. And then some of the things that I'm naturally just given attention to detail, critical thinking, reliable. If I have somebody who I work with who is not reliable, they're out. 
Like that is a deal breaker for me. That's another way to think about these things. Like what's your deal breaker? Leadership, ethical, and providing unwavering support. So I will meet you wherever you are every single day. It's just part of who I am. And it's a differentiator for me. Okay, other people certainly do what I do, but not, I feel like that is a differentiator for me. I will stay up late for you. I will get on the phone with you. That's part of who I am. And those are the people, I want people who want that to come to me. I love that. So one thing that I, just going back to that BB example, they had sexy as part of it because everything that went, it didn't mean that you were hiring people that were dressed sexy, but they Mm -hmm. got that sort of that feeling. Or for example, if you're a product-based business and you have an organic line or you know, you're know you you're into saving the world or yes. the materials you use, you don't necessarily want to hire someone who does not care about, let's say, the environment. You need people that are aligned with those thought processes so they know that they're keeping it a top priority. Even thinking about what you do, Jacqueline, like a U.S. base, I mean, if people are adamantly opposed to you know, fulfilling and producing overseas, they may not be attracted to you. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's important to put that out there so people know who it is that they're getting. That we are so, we can paint all kinds of pictures and we've certainly seen people paint pictures that aren't authentic to them and, or are too broad. So by really having these, and these are the words that should be in your about page when you're Mm -hmm. taking this back to your actual business. These are the things that you will see come up in your testimonials. These are the things that need to be on your bio and your work with me. I love that. And I mean, if you think about big product lines like Tom's or I actually grew up with Caitlin Crosby of The Giving Keys, so thegivingkeys.com, you can see how she aligns everything she does with giving things away when you're done with it. So like words that you give. And then she also hires homeless people and retrains them and, and starts to bring them back. So, okay. So tell us again where our listeners can find this free training. Awesome. And we'll the show notes as well. Yes. So Natalie Gingrich, and I'm going to tell you right now, I married that name and it's a hard one to spell, but it's Natalie, G-I-N-G-R-I-C-H. So it looks like Gingrich.com slash mission. So you're going to find this exact training. I've give you a PDF where you can, it really guides you and asks you, gives you all those prompts so that you can develop your own. And I would love for you to post those on my Facebook page at Natalie Gingrich PM on Facebook. I would love to see those and I will hop in. I'm always in there. I give this training quite a bit. So I like to come in there when I see those pop up and help you to narrow down. A lot of times when people post, they're high level. And so I love to come in and just refine those for you. Amazing. Thank you. Okay, Natalie. So thank you for joining us. I do have a few fun questions that we like to ask our guests. So it's just rapid fire answer and um, we'll wrap up after that. So what is your coffee order? (laughs) I'm not a coffee person. (laughs) I am a tea person. So I am just like a boring, I love a passion tea, like a boring plain old passion tea. There's nothing boring about passion tea. Um, (laughs) What's your, what's the favorite thing on your desk? Ooh, my pen holder. Um, finish this sentence. When I pick up my phone, I oh check my text and then Facebook, <laughs> which is why you can find her on Facebook. <laughs> okay, finish this question or this statement. You wish you knew how to take really amazing pictures. Good one. What was the last show you binge watched? I don't watch TV. Oh, good for you. <laughs> you listen to po- no, you don't even listen to podcasts. <laughs> Actually, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, but I'm more of a book reader. Okay, great. And then what should the title on your business card actually say? 
probably business bestie. I feel like I go pretty deep with people. And so we get to that status pretty quick. Very true. And then do you have an alter ego or a staged persona? Ooh. So Todd, Her- I cannot keep this short. So Todd Herman with a 90 day year, I took his program a couple of years ago and he does a big training in alter ego. And I was always like, heavens no. But in going through that process, yes. So I am, I don't have like a person, but I can describe that. Like, I feel like my alter ego is really that professional like kind of stiff business suit person, which is not who I have to be today, but my alter ego, like if I'm getting on a stage, I look like that person. So yeah, I think that's probably my time in corporate and then growing up as a ballerina. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We have all everything that you need to learn about Natalie to get this free freebie to connect with her on Facebook. Everything will be in our show notes. So Natalie, thank you again for joining us today. Oh my goodness. Thank you, ladies. You guys, I love the product boss and this is a podcast I listen to. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Natalie. Hey everybody. So we wanted to hop back in here really quick and kind of go over these the mission, vision, and values a little bit more in depth, um, just to throw some ideas at you to spark some inspiration. So Jacqueline, did we want to hop right into value since that was what Natalie was just talking about or how do you, which one do you want to hit first? Yeah, sure. Let's dig into core values. Okay. So as she mentioned, as Natalie mentioned, core values are really the words personally that exude who you are. Um, I wanted to give an example back when I was doing graphic design. So this is the name that I would put my, this was the company, my company name. And I, I don't really mention it since I just, I am my, my company, but it was called Fuji Design and Marketing. So Fuji was start was short for refugee because I was playing into myself being a Taidam refugee or my, my heritage. So Fuji was short for refugee. And so I actually had put together a mission statement or a value statement. I mean, a value statement for Fuji Design. And one of them was uh, gosh, I can't remember the wording exactly, but it was something like, I will never forget the sacrifices that my parents and grandparents made to give me the opportunities that they would never see in this lifetime. And it was something really big like that. So anytime like that was, that was what it was really about. I was living their American dream. And so that was one of the values that I had listed. So something like that, where it really is something personal to you and what you see first and foremost as being so important. Yeah. So I wanted to just share what the designer consulting co-ops core values are. Cause even though, again, I am a service-based business, it is what I decided to align my business and my employees under. So our core values are grow our business in a way that makes us proud and brings joy, create and have fun doing so build open and honest relationships with deep connections, build a positive and supportive experience for our clients, build a positive team with a family spirit, create an environment in which we have satisfying work-life balance, create an environment where employees can think big, have fun, and live the life they imagined, be passionate and determined, do more with less, all will succeed. So this is something I think could totally be applicable to a product-based business because I'm not as 
it's something where the community and all of us at a whole, as a whole, and within my structure of my business and my employees, one of the biggest things, let's say when I did this was the joy part. A lot of times you can get so overwhelmed with your product-based biz that you, or any business really, that you start to lose the joy. You start to lose the part or the reason why you did it. So sometimes, I know Natalie said that there was ways to come back to this at later dates, but sometimes if you're really feeling down about it, you've had a bad, you know, trade show, or you're sort of just feeling like you're spinning out of control. I would say, come back to your values, take a look and see if they still align with what your goals are, or if maybe you need to update them. So I really updated mine about a year ago with joy. I brought joy back in because it was getting difficult and I needed to figure out the way to bring joy back for myself and my employees. Cause they, I saw them working their behinds off and starting to, sort of go down a bit. And so bringing the joy back was like doing fun things, for example, you know, always making sure that there was like a lightness and that there was a family feeling and that we would go to lunches together. We would have happy hours together. There were things that we still did. And as the CEO of my company, I still really felt or feel that I want to connect with everyone in my business and everyone who works with me. Yeah. I love that so much, bringing the joy back in. Um, for low labels, um, my about us has a lot of values in there. Um, it's basically says we provide products for moms who love easy and they're safe and made in the USA. So think about that. Moms who love easy. I mean, that is my type of mom because I'm that type of mom. I'm willing to pay for convenience and I love things that are easy, but I also love to know that I'm using products that are safe. So that word right there, safe and made in the USA is definitely something that's right up there with my values. I really want to provide products that are safe and I want the end consumer, my, my mom, to find that important to her too. So those are the words that we're connecting on. So I wouldn't be vibing with a mom that probably doesn't love easy, like she loves complicated (laughs) and that doesn't mind, you know, something that isn't clearly safe. So those specific words that, you know, really hit home for the types of values that you find important. Yeah. And just like I was saying, you know, with Natalie, we were discussing if you're, you know, I have a client that's doing something that's very natural in terms of materials. You know, she believes that different types of fibers are dangerous for the body. You know, she's very, very into that and she's a yogi. So with that, her, you have to align with those, like even working with me, I have to, when she probably chose to work with me, I needed to have an understanding of that and an understanding of that concept. If she was going with someone who had never done anything with organic or eco-friendly or low consumption or that understanding, you know, let's say like fiber content and maybe how it could affect skin or, you know, your health, then maybe she wouldn't have aligned with me and hired me. And I probably wouldn't have been able to align with her. So I know I mentioned the giving keys earlier. I love this brand. I, there's certain brands you'll hear me talk about a lot. I haven't talked about them yet, but I actually grew up with Caitlin Crosby and she was an actress, a performer, a singer. And then she started this because she used to travel on the road and she'd get hotel keys from everywhere when she was performing. And so she ended up thinking about putting inspirational words basically on these keys. So inspire, brave, things like that. So if you go to thegivingkeys.com and you go there for the first time, there's actually a box that pops up and it says, join the movement, help us end homelessness one job at a time, one key at a time. That is pretty much probably very close to their mission statement. Now, because they are a business, a product-based business with purpose, when you go to her site, there's shop, brings you to shop. The only other thing on this menu right here is mission. 
So she actually has the mission. Her mission is so a part of her brand and her business that, you know, that's a huge part of it. So under her mission, it says about them, their impact, meet the makers, careers, and find a store. So for example, their pay it forward is with every purchase, you create employment opportunities for people transitioning out of homelessness. So a big part of that, a big part was her impact on transitioning people out of homelessness. The other part is that it's a pay it forward type company. So again, thinking of like Tom's, you know, buy you buy a shoe, they give a shoe to someone else. She created like the book, The Giving Tree. So you pick a key, you choose where and embrace the word on your key. So for example, brave or inspire. And then you pass it on to someone who needs it more than you. So I knew a mom that was struggling and I gave her the key because it was actually a word that I thought that she needed to sort of like inspire her to get through uh, like a health issue with her child. And then while you're passing it on, you're giving something from a person to a person. You're also supporting jobs for individuals transitioning out of homelessness. So not all of us have companies that are so aligned with this sort of like grand mission, you know, and grand values, but this is a company built off of this mission and off of these values and the way that she's grown. I mean, she has scaled tremendously. And I'm sure when she started this, she didn't think that she would have so many employees and be sold in Nordstrom's and things like that. So that's just a really clear example of somebody with a very, very direct mission and very, very clear core values. Yeah. And she's deeper, like Jacqueline said, into her business. So she's already hitting those really big visions. That's not to say that yours has to be that grand at all. You know, if you're just starting out, it can definitely, these, having your mission and your vision and your values really just helps you clarify where you want to go. So the decisions you're making, do they align? Those opportunities that you're saying yes to, what are you saying no to? You know, so it's just like how people have that word of the year almost, you know, and they use that as their gauge on whether or not they want to say yes or no. This is like that in a way, but it's just maybe just that is a little piece of the exercise that, that Natalie went through. Yeah. So like she said, think of this as the, as the foundation. My pitch in helping people start clothing and apparel and accessory brands is you, it's like building a house. So you have the right foundation underneath you and then you get the right materials and contractors and whatnot and you build above it. So think of this as your foundation to your brand. Once you figure this part out, you can pass it on to the person developing your website. If you're doing branding, packaging, like we said, if you're employing anyone and it really helps you get to your elevator pitch because we really want you to get so, so clear on your brand that in an elevator going what, let's say five floors, depending <laughs> on average on the, five de- floors. Depending <laughs> on the, I live, I'm in New York. I mean, like there's like 90, let's say you have two floors you get to go in. How quickly could you clearly tell somebody about your business and your product? So whether again, it's a clothing line or it's a specialty product, if it's little labels, whatever it is, you can tell somebody, so you lose people's attention. This will bring you to that point that you can tell somebody exactly what you're doing and they'll get a good understanding of who, what, why, when, where, no, (laughs) who, what, and why. (laughs) Have you ever heard of uh, Donald Miller of the, your brand story? He says that when you're doing your pitch, you should imagine that person on a treadmill. So you have to sell that person as they're running on a treadmill and you have to be like, so little labels are just, you know, right on washable labels and you need to like shorten it up. Because that person on a treadmill does not want to listen to like a pitch per se. They want something that's like just a handful of words, let's say 10 words or less, and they get a clear cut 
idea of who you serve, who you serve, what the benefit is, and what your product is. So it's a it's a great way. I always try to think of that person on the treadmill, but it always kind of hits that anxiety point too. Like I need to shorten this baby up. <laughs> but it's true though, because people are always in their heads and always thinking about moving on from whatever's happening, right? Oh yeah. Unless you find someone who's really super committed to this. You know, you got those intense listeners that like <laughs> You in the eye, and you're like, oh, this is really listening <laughs> and kind of creepy, <laughs> but really listening. So, um, yeah, you know, so for example, Cuffs Couture, they're fashionable wrist wallets. So it's for people who are for people who want to go out without taking a bag. They can keep their ID, credit card, key, and potentially like a chapstick in it without going hands free. So it's super simple, concise, and then it tells you exactly what it is. So we just want to thank you all for being a part of this training with Natalie Gingrich. And we hope that it was helpful and useful. If you have questions, again, you can connect with her, but we'd love for you to come over to our community on Facebook, to the Product Boss community and connect with us. And we will be sharing our mission, vision, and values because the Product Boss is going to realign with our mission, vision, and values. And, and we'll share some of those with you. Yeah. Believe it or not, here's the conversation that happened when we started the Product Boss. Hey, should we fill this gap of product-based knowledge that isn't being filled? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So <laughs> it was something like that. So we didn't go through the, the mission, values, and vision quite yet, but we knew where we were going. Like we, we had the conversations already. So it's just a matter of getting it down on paper and, and clearing through those thoughts. So we'll, we'll go through the exercise with you and we'll post them in the Facebook group. Yeah. Natalie is amazing, right? You guys, I mean, be sure to reach out to her too, because she definitely adds this dynamic and this energy to your business and really to you when you're speaking to her, she's just, she's just this amazing, amazing person. Yep. So just know that we are in the same boat as you. If you haven't done it, we haven't done it either for the product boss. And we're not ashamed to say it because I think innately you all know a baseline for it. And then when you really start to dig into it, according to these steps and the training that Natalie provides, then you'll see, oh, wow, wait, no, I really didn't answer this the right way. Or, oh, there's so much more to think about. So thanks again for joining the product boss podcast. And we will chat with you next week. Thanks everybody. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.